The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Three Petals Healing with Lauren Dillon Merrill. Here, our goal is to help everyone find an inner balance and strong, healthy, energetic flow. Here's your host, Lauren Dillon Merrill. Hi, welcome to Three Petals Healing Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Dillon Merrill. You can reach out to us on social media through Facebook, Instagram, and Google+. I'm happy to have everyone listening in today. Um, as if you missed our last show, you um, you didn't know, but I had uh, our beautiful baby little girl, Hayden. And we are kind of all acclimating to um, the new norm. So two kids, different different vibe, different amount of work, um, but it is uh, so amazing to have two of them and love them so much. So it's nice that um, Scott is home with us and working with me so that we can do the business together and now with two of them, I'm feeling very blessed to have um, a husband be with me, not only just to raise our kids, but to help our business thrive. So um, just really counting my blessings this week, and um, so grateful to have a new baby girl. So on, um, they're continuing to do construction, and we're continuing to get things in. Um, we'll keep posting things on Facebook. Um, and Instagram and Google Plus. So if um, the the store will will be up, if it isn't already up, um, then make sure just to check in. And if there's something you ever see on social media, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we can get you the details and all all the information on um, the crystal or the piece of jewelry. And we have lots and lots of really great clothes too, which is kind of fun to have um, everyone here at the everyone is here at our home instead of the office because we moved out of our old space to come home so I could have a baby and go on maternity leave. And the new space is getting drywall and um, new light fixtures and flooring and all that. Um, so it's kind of nice because I have a little boutique in my home <laughs> with all these really great clothes and jewelry and beautiful crystals. It's um, kind of dreamy. It will be sad to see it all go into the store, but I'm so excited to be able to get it all in and open up. Our open date is um, December 3rd. Uh, if you guys are local and want more information, um, check out Three Petals Healing or Salem Boutique on Facebook, and we'll be posting details about that and have um, events scheduled. We're also going to have, um, so downtown Bothell has uh, the lighting of their tree. Um, that is uh, December 4th, and we'll have um, a little mini booth out front for that as well. So, we're excited to um, be moving into new phases now that Hayden is out and um, we are a family of four and um, keeping on moving towards getting the things done at the store and getting it up and running. And we are also still hiring. Um, we're looking for people who want to start at the kind of ground level of the, the boutique and work up. Um, so reach out to us if any of that or all of that appeals. Uh, so today our show is going to be on um, a little bit on the crown jewels. We talked a little bit about um, that many, many weeks ago, and I wanted to kind of go back and look at that um, and have more information. And then also some ancient cultures, because um, it is very interesting to see um, how our other um, ancestors or people have used the crystals in the past. Um so we're going to touch on that a little bit. And I think it's important to understand that this is deeply rooted in not just us, but in our culture and um, in many different ways around the world. So um, so we'll just dive right in. As you can also hear a little bit there, Sebastian is <laughs> playing with um, his granddaddy. My dad is here, so um, you might catch a little bit of him here and there. He has found his voice and loves to use it. Okay, so... Um, 
Crystals have always been deeply rooted and tied into our history around the globe. We, um, we've always known, uh, even if, uh, if it's just been an innate knowing um, or just it's been ingrained, that these have not only just been used for beauty and um, decoration and adornment, but they've been used for metaphysical um, or um, emotional, physical, and spiritual balance. And this has gone on across the globe many, many years in, in different cultures going back, I mean, even I think a little bit before Mesopotamia, just um, multiple cultures using them in different ways, but the same way without connecting or communicating with each other. Um, it's just similar to like the, the science or the, the basis of chakras, like many, many um, uh, different cultures and um, have, have used those as a form of uh, in their um, spirituality or in their medicine. And they might be a little different, but they all kind of connect and they all kind of have that basis. Um, so it's interesting to realize that multiple cultures, multiple um types of people, diversity, uh, that they are all connected in some way through using some of these. And of course, you know, some of the crystals are more found in one place or another, but, you know, the basis for quartz or amethyst um, kind of are underlining, or even the turquoise, um, there's Tibetan turquoise and then there's Native American turquoise. They both held those stones in very high esteem for and used them for some of the same things Yet Tibet and um, the American uh, Southwest are very diversely far away from each other. And they were using them, you know, at the same time for some of the same things before they could ever be communicating or have any sort of relationship. So it's interesting to look at it and to realize that this is so ingrained in who we are going back for a very long time. Um, so it can feel a little more natural to start incorporating it into your everyday today um, life, not just for metaphysical wise, but just the beauty and what they bring. Um, so it's just it's it's just a, a neat thing to go back and kind of look at where the history is. So um, and talking about the crown jewels. So the crown jewels are traditionally um, it's an English term. So it's the elements of metalwork with um, the, that come about for the royals, the royal regalia. Um, there are 141 historical ceremonial objects attached to the English collection of the royal jewels. Whew, that's I would just love <laughs> if I had that many royal jewels. Um, so they've been used from anything from adornment, um, from coronations to for many centuries to um, show wealth and power. Um, I'm sure that the selection of the, the stones and the colors not only just went with um, the country's desire, but to have the overall um, feel of um, uh, for like wisdom and ruling or balance. All of that kind of goes into that. So whether they're, they're wearing and adoring themselves with these jewels to show that they are a wise, powerful king or wise, powerful queen versus... You know, they're looking for that balance for wisdom and, um, you know, if it's blue, you know, they want to speak the truth for their kingdom or they want to be have a powerful voice. It's no different than connecting something in to say, I want a balanced chakra, um, a throat chakra so that I can speak my truth. I can speak for my country. I can be a wise leader. So if you look at things like that and you take a closer look you start to maybe question in your mind, well, why why did that ruler choose that color on that jewel? And um, they're so diverse, and all the rulers are diverse, um, and every time, you know, they switch in, in and out the jewels, I'm sure there is purpose, and it is um, thought upon and um, really had purpose behind it not just like oh well this is pretty so we'll go with that and even if it is the oh well you know the queen or the king likes this color you know what's just do all of their jewels in that there is something to that they're wanting that color they're intuitively connecting with that color on some level so you know again intuition really comes into play with that so when looking at that broader um, picture of it and when you start to think and take interest in things like the crown jewels or 
some of the other really beautiful um, things out there that the cultures are doing, you can kind of have a, an understanding, an underlining baseline of like, okay, well, we know the basis of the colors, we know the basis of the chakras, and we know what the basic of these colors do for people. So when you look at it that way, it can be very interesting. So the collection, um, the crown jewels, is the world's largest and has the most interesting gems in the world. Um, and it includes crowns, scepters, orbs, swords, rings. Generally, all of it's made from um, gold or and or it is very heavily encrusted into jewels. Now, we don't talk as much about gem grades as um, more just crystals and um, their metaphysical properties. We did recently get this beautiful piece of gem grade um, aquamarine, which we're going to have set in um, custom pieces for the store. But um, it is like a whole nother um, ball game of like when you start to look at the grade of the gem. I mean, they all have the same metaphysical properties, but um, the worth and the appeal goes up the more jimmy it is. Um, so that's when you start to get into things being thousands of dollars per gram because of the gem-like quality, and it's usually the clarity, the transparency, all of that. So we need to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about these beautiful jewels. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Lauren Dillon Merrill and Three Petals Healing offers unique esoteric healing sessions that can be booked and conducted by phone. Release stress and tension, remove energy blocks in your life, and grow spiritually, helping to detox energetically and achieve a more balanced flow of energy throughout your body. Also learn about crystals and other techniques that you can use every day to help with keeping optimal energetic balance in your body, mind, and spirit. Call Three Petals Healing at 425 425- 417-8771 or visit the number 3 pedalshealing.com Religion and spirituality hold their places in society today, but where exactly do they fit in? Does activism truly result in global change? Join interspiritual pioneer and scientist Dr. Kurt Johnson along with interfaith leaders Ben Bowler and Doug King, and a host of correspondents for The Convergence, a groundbreaking show that affects our future and that of the world. Tune in every Thursday starting at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel for The Convergence. Don't miss out. Visit our store at 3PetalsHealing.com for products featured on each week's radio show, as well as other items that we carry, such as tumbled stones, specialty crystals, assorted jewelry, chakra kits, grounding jars, and so much more. At 3 Petals Healing Store, we handpick all of our crystals so you're assured the best quality. Visit 3PetalsHealing.com today and click on the online store. While on the site, take a look at some of the other services and features we offer. That's the number 3, PetalsHealing.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to Three Petals Healing. To reach Lauren Dillon Merrill or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at 3petalshealing.com. That's info at the number 3petalshealing.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. I'm your host, Lauren Dillon Merrill. Today we are talking about uh, crown jewels and um, the use of crystals in ancient civilization and just in um, taking an interest in the diverse and the length of time that we as humans have used crystals and um, to talk a little bit about um, just being able to generally look into multiple cultures. They're using the same thing for same purposes but then also in taking a look at you know the crown jewels where we don't find as much um information about why they use certain stones um 
besides maybe it was the favorite of the ruler, but to use the, the knowledge that we know of the basis of our chakras, the basic of how, as humans, we relate to color and crystals and kind of take a guess into what that would be meaningful for them. So the crown jewels we've been talking about, um, that it is the world's largest collection of and the most interesting gems, including the crowns, the scepters, the orbs, um, swords, rings, and how they're generally made from gold, and they're very encrusted in the jewels. Um, all of these styles that they have date back to the Middle Ages and are representative and emphasis of the monarchy of England at the time. So when they're not being used, they're usually in public view in the museums um, um, for the public to be able to see them. I know that, um, so my dad's mom... Um, when she was alive still, she really took a huge fascination in um, especially English history. And I know that her and my aunt, um, they went a couple times to England. Uh, she would save up and go and uh, kind of do the whole the whole circuit of things to do in um, London. And they went to um, the Tower of London to go see the jewels. So um, I know that they're they're kept there occasionally. They probably move them out. And um, recently, with the Queen's um, birthday, I know they pulled out some things to put on display. Like they had her coronation and her wedding dress out, and probably all the jewels that went with that. Uh, the Smithsonian has um, some, uh, not necessarily the crown jewels, but jewels of that um, capacity of um, worth and value, and that they show as well. So uh, it would be interesting to be able to take a field trip <laughs> and just go look at all the crown jewels and to do the circuits on all the um, different museums. That would kind of be a fun road trip, crystal road trip. Uh, all the different museums that have all the beautiful jewels and crystals. Um, so they are out for public viewing. Um, the oldest crown jewel is from the coronation from the 12th century and is the newest piece in Queen Elizabeth's the second from 1953. Uh, the details, um, the craftsmanship and the dimensions are just kind of flawless. So, for example, like um, the imperial crown of the state contains over uh, 2,783 diamonds, 17 sapphires, 227 pearls, 11 emeralds, and 5 rubies. And I'm sure it weighs a lot. Um, and even if you look at... Um, so they measure and, and you know, to the use of space. It's um, very much art to, have, to set stones like that, to, to gauge the size and then to set them and so that they look a certain way. But I'm sure there's something even to numerology of why they might use one or the other. And often when you're doing something um, display-wise or art-wise, you know, odd numbers are better than even numbers because our human brain really enjoys seeing that contrast of the odd versus the even. But you have to wonder, you know, if someone someone had to go and cut every single one of those stones and then hand put those in, I mean, that's a lot of time, a lot of energy um, that is put into that crown um, or whatever that they're making. And, you know, we know that um, crystals hold energy. So, you know, one of the things that we are very careful about when we source crystals or jewelry is like who's touching it, who, where is it coming from, how is it made? And I'm sure they are just as conscientious, if not more, in how they are setting some of these. I mean, the worth is probably tremendous and um, a huge responsibility. So the, the diamonds that lay within the jewel um, band in the imperial crown of the state is named the second star of Africa. It was cut from... Um, a diamond, which was the world's largest diamond ever mined at the time. So I'm sure that there's been more since then, but think about that. That's, And I, I mean, they're still finding all these huge stones, but it, it must be quite the find to find that. Uh, Europe, Europe is certainly a region that is famous for the crown jewels. Um, however, gems have been symbols of strength and royalty for hundreds of years all over the world. Other regions um, that contain crown jewels and that have a rich history behind them are India, Persia, Korea, Russia, Sweden, Turkey, Mexico, Hawaii, and many, many more. Not all old gems are designed into royal 
jewelry. Some ancient cultures harvested crystals and gems for many other reasons, for the spiritual belief, the medicine, or the fashion. The Egyptians are another very famous um, culture for not just um, gemstones and, and their adornment of them, but energetics. They truly understood on a very advanced level um, energetics, energetic healing, and how that is incorporated into our body. They had several, several forms of um, crystal heal- healing, sound healing, um, and energy healing. And they had kind of a protocol. So um, they did something very similar to esoteric healing, which is what the modality that I do. Um, I think something similar to Reiki as well. Um, but then they also used homeopathy, uh, which is a very, very powerful uh um, energetic healing as well because you know we've talked a lot about water water um, has memory in it um, you can program it so you know how they chose um, to treat people so if you're in battle you know an acute remedy might be homeopathy and they might save the energy work for those that are going to survive or um, you know and if someone how badly injured they were it was um, to a measurement of what they got energetically healing wise if it was just something that could wait or if they were going to die anyways they had a protocol for that um and of course they had ceremonies and and had an understanding of like holding the energy and how that impacted their whole um not just um maybe religion isn't the right word but their their spiritual belief system and how they function as a community and how their rulers ruled within that and the use and the adornment of those crystals was a huge part of that. So their motifs and symbols that we found in their hieroglyphics and their sculptures recognized um, and acknowledged that their adornment for that jewelry, um, the amulets that they wore, the chains, all of that, um, and how that changed through their life cycle or how they were um, in the hierarchy of their society. Not to mention there was... Um, they surrounded themselves with gemstones um, in their in their um, afterlife, in their coffins, and the pharaohs had these huge pyramids full. Um, so it was definitely an obvious thing that they held many of these gemstones and crystals in high esteem and honored them as part of um, their belief system. So many of the gemstones that um, the Egyptians have used would be um, malachite, garnet, hematite, turquoise, um, serpentine, lapis, um, peridot, fluoride, cornelian, and amazite. So we know that those are, are diverse stones used, and there's turquoise again. So, you know, again, we have now we're thinking and talking about three different cultures. If we know that the Egyptians, the Tibetan, and the, um, the Native Americans all use turquoise in spirituality and spiritual practice, um, you know, that they didn't have communication, so they're both understanding the vibration and the energetics. And all three of those cultures are very energetically sensitive beings. So when we allow ourselves to um, play with that in, um, sensitivity within our energetics of just like acknowledging it and seeing where it takes us and listening to our intuition, that can be um, very powerful and something that is ingrained in us um, through, through much, much, much um, hard work as spiritual beings. They also, the Egyptians also use quartz, amethyst, citrine, and rose quartz. So even, you know, their basics. Um, and lapis was like a huge, big um, gem for um, the Egyptians. Uh, they also believe that the, um, that the lapis color was remnants of the heaven and from... From, this, from that, they took the symbolism of creation and rebirth. They also said that if they um, crushed the lapis and rubbed it on the crown of the head to draw out spiritual impurities and negative energy. So they truly believed and used a lot of these stones for metaphysical properties. They used the malachite, um, which was also popular to promote inner visions. The headdress of the pharaohs was lined with malachite, and was believed that it would assist the help, the ruler in ruling wisely. And it was also believed to have tremendous therapeutic and healing value. 
And the Ammonite was mined in eastern deserts, so it was very plentiful and was said to symbolize good luck, fertility, and they crafted many small amulets to be worn in order to strengthen the reproduct reproductive capabilities. So we have to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to continue on talking about um, the diversity and the different cultures of these um, gemstones. We'll be right back. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Visit our store at 3PetalsHealing.com for products featured on each week's radio show, as well as other items that we carry, such as tumbled stones, specialty crystals, assorted jewelry, chakra kits, grounding jars, and so much more. At Three Petals Healing Store, we handpick all of our crystals so you're assured the best quality. Visit ThreePetalsHealing.com today and click on the online store. While on the site, take a look at some of the other services and features we offer. That's the number three, PetalsHealing.com. Sit back, relax, breathe. Reconnect to the still, small voice within. Take the time to make a weekly visit to the Sounds of the Heart with host Sandy Goldstone. This unique program will help you cultivate and strengthen your heart's connection and feel love, beauty, and joy. You don't need to fear or suffer. Heed the call. Say yes to living from the heart's truth. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Join the evolving consciousness of humanity. Lauren Dillon Merrill and Three Petals Healing offers unique esoteric healing sessions that can be booked and conducted by phone. Release stress and tension, remove energy blocks in your life, and grow spiritually, helping to detox energetically and achieve a more balanced flow of energy throughout your body. Also learn about crystals and other techniques that you can use every day to help with keeping optimal energetic balance in your body, mind, and spirit. Call Three Petals Healing at 425 425- 417-8771 or visit the number 3 pedalshealing.com The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network You are listening to 3 Petals Healing to reach Lauren Dillon Merrill or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at 3petalshealing.com. That's info at the number 3petalshealing.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, and welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us after the break. I'm your host, Lauren Dillon Merrill, and today we are talking about different ancient cultures, gemstones, and we had talked a little bit about the crown jewels in the beginning, um, and just overall the understanding of the diversity of different cultures through many times and energetics. So um, we just wrapped up Egypt, and now we're going to move on to the Chinese. Um, Ancient Chinese medicine is commonly incorporated um, with the use of healing crystals, for example, Acupuncture is um, a big one. Um, some um, acupuncturists put uh, crystals on the tips of their needles. So obviously, if they're taking that much time to put crystals on the tip of those tiny needles, um, you know, there was there was purpose behind that. So the Chinese um, held crystals in high regard. They loved clear quartz, even though um, it was colorless. It was an abundant um crystal for them. It is uh, very common to overlook clear quartz, and I find that too, because um, clear quartz and amethyst are probably the two that we see the most that are kind of flooded into our society. Um, so we sometimes forget how um, intensely strong it is um, and how amplifying it is. Um, however, the Chinese car- used quartz and jade to make little carvings since um, for a very, very, very long time. 
And these art pieces are referred to as hand carvings, which the Chinese divided into two categories, um, jade and then all the other precious and semi-precious minerals. So they use more than just the, the jade and the quartz, but um, the understanding of that that was um, precious and that it should be taken the time. And again, we talk about, you know, so who is working with our stones? How are they being um process isn't the right word, but how are they being made into what they are? And so someone sitting there with a tiny little carving um, and taking that time to work with the stone, um, connect with it intuitively and make it something beautiful, um, there is a lot to that. And uh, some of the very profound, most harmonious um, pieces of jewelry I have, I've, I swear the people must meditate with the stones and the metal first because there is such harmony and it does bring such a beautiful burst of energy. And that it seems very purposeful to me. Um, and that's why I'm super careful about um, where things come from, how they come to me and what their process is along the way. And I know that we were, um, we recently went on a buying trip um, to a place locally to get a bunch of stuff. And we got some rainbow obsidian and the person that had carved, it's like, it's kind of got this oblong shape to it in a circle and um, these notches kind of uh, carved into it. And just the way that the person looked at the stone and worked with the stone, it is, it's true artistry. And that's something the Chinese understood when they were working with the clear quartz and the jade in order to carve it, um, to have these carvings uh, and to hold them precious. Um, so jade is generally considered to be the most gem um, desirable gem that is associated with um, the qualities in a human. So many of those hard stone carvings were made out of the jade because it was of the most value to the Chinese. Um, these carvings are some of the oldest art form in China and the artifacts date back to uh, the 5th millennial BC. The art continues to develop as time went on. Um, some examples would be the um, chalcedony pendants, turquoise inlays on, a, um, on bronze plaques, carnelian beads, malachite sculptures, and many other forms. So they evolved through time um, with these gemstones to, to diversify how they would use them. Not only have gemstones, gemstones been part of Chinese history, but it's also been used in Chinese medicine. In Chinese medicine, each organ has a particular emotion, emotional correspondence, and a certain gemstone that can be applied to the different areas of the body, similar to the esoteric healing and the crystal healing that I do, which is true. So um, a lot of the basis of esoteric healing has to do with triangles and holding points. Um, for example, you know, our, if we're holding certain points on our organs, and often I've found now in working with crystals on a regular basis to be able to incorporate a stone and holding with the points of the organ or the center. Um, it really has a profound amplification on being able to bring balance or a rush of energy to that um, depleted area. And it is something that is um, definitely more intuitive based. It's like, you know, there are, so many so many different stones so being able to have an open clear mind and a connection with um, my client um, through alignment and attunement and um, holding space so that I can narrow down what is the best crystal for them and where that needs to be and sometimes that takes a little bit but it's worth it in the end because you know it can be so profound to have that release with the crystal involved with it um, so for example, of um, how the Chinese would use a different stone in in correlation with a organ, um, acrimine was said to soothe tensions in the liver and soften anger and bring calmness. And that's very true. If you look at aquamarine, it has those um, those feelings that you look at it. Um, or we talk about um, laramar as being something that can be very tranquil and relaxing. <clears throat> and you look at it and it looks very like an island paradise. And so being able to, even if you don't know every mineral and crystal out there, which is very, very hard, there's so many out there, knowing the basis of your colors, knowing the basis of like what is depleted and being 
and tuned with yourself and being able to be open to what they look like, what they feel like energetically and um, aesthetically, you can tell a lot about that stone and what it's going to give to you. And then you can also apply that to, you know, other things in life so that um, understanding like how they might be using these, why they might use that stone with, you know, that carving. And um, there might be some lore in there with the, uh, like shamanism. Like um, the Zuni Native Americans in uh, New Mexico area, they have fetishes and they make these carvings. And um, certain stones are softer than others because, I mean, there's a hardness scale, so not everything can be carved. But there's, I'm sure, a very direct intentional correlation to the animal that is being carved into those into the um, the actual stone. So if they're you know, maybe it's an eagle that is being carved into angelite. Well, you know, we know that the blue has to do with communication and angelite has to do with communication, but it has to do with like higher um, guides communication. So then looking at the eagle. So, um, and what is the lore that um, about the eagle? Does it travel between the worlds to take messages? You know, is it someone's spirit guide? Is it someone's spirit animal? There is... There's so much you can dive into once you understand the basis of, you know, what these, how these um, crystals are used, what they um, relate to. And then when you look at the different ancient cultures, it is a very diverse, beautiful way to look at what they're bringing, what they're teaching, and take the education that it kind of gives from that. So not to go way off topic there, but I mean, that is one of the reasons why I love doing research and I love looking at other cultures to see how they work with these stones because whether it is Chinese or um, British or um, Native American or Tibetan um, they are so diverse and it's so interesting to see how they, they relate and how they work with these things but it all comes back to the basis and it's like how do we instinctually as humans understand that basic basis so it's just really, really fascinates me. And to know that we've been working with these stones medicinally for so long, it just makes sense that we would want to energetically still connect with them. So moving on from the Chinese to the Romans, the Romans were kind of the first people to like uh, relate this more into jewelry as a more fashionable thing or more of um, an everyday thing. So uh, they really put a lot of um, emphasis and um, brought that more into reality. So there's been archaeological finds of Roman um, jewelry that, although they're relatively rare, the magnitude of how large um, they, the collections were in over the diverse um, duration of that whole civilization. The hidden hordes of jewelry and, the small, um, and small finds here and there have been accounted for, for most of the items and are still um, able to view today. So that's the other beautiful thing is when we, we do research and we can and these things are preserved, we now have them to go look back onto so that we can keep learning from them. So being able to have that accessible to us and then to be able to look back and see that they individually found each of these pieces and made them so that they have purpose for the person that was wearing them. So we're going to need to take a short break, but we're going to dive back into this in just a moment. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Lauren Dillon Merrill and Three Petals Healing offers unique esoteric healing sessions that can be booked and conducted by phone. Release stress and tension, remove energy blocks in your life, and grow spiritually, helping to detox energetically and achieve a more balanced flow of energy throughout your body. Also learn about crystals and other techniques that you can use every day to help with keeping optimal energetic balance in your body, mind, and spirit. Call Three Petals Healing at 425 425- 417-8771 or visit the number 3 petalshealing.com 
We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Visit our store at 3PetalsHealing.com for products featured on each week's radio show, as well as other items that we carry, such as tumbled stones, specialty crystals, assorted jewelry, chakra kits, grounding jars, and so much more. At 3 Petals Healing Store, we handpick all of our crystals so you're assured the best quality. Visit 3PetalsHealing.com today and click on the online store. While on the site, take a look at some of the other services and features we offer. That's the number 3, PetalsHealing.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Three Petals Healing. To reach Lauren Dillon Merrill or her guest today, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at 3PetalsHealing.com. That's info at the number 3PetalsHealing.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, and welcome back. I'm your host, Lauren Dillon Merrill. Today we are talking about um, different ancient um, societies, gemstones, the understanding of the energetics, and we touched a little bit on the crown jewels in the beginning of the show, and just how um, interesting all this is. Uh, I particularly like history. Um, I kind of love research, but I just feel like it's so amazing to be able to look back and to see um, how these things have evolved over time. And that they have evolved for very, very many years in a diverse amount of cultures. So we've been talking about the Romans so and their use of crystals and, and jewelry. So in the beginning of the Roman um, part of history, it, it was a little more rare. And they did discourage um, the use of gemstones with um, be set in gold and be worn as jewelry. But after um, the annex of the Greek world... It became hugely popularized um, jewelry-wise from the Roman society, and then it gradually developed into the era of the, um, the mostly emerald crystals during that imperial um, era. So, in the beginning, they were it, they were less used, but um, it kind of exploded after. Um, in this case, Western Asia, um, Egyptian cultures um, were influenced on the Romans' um, jewelry. So sapphires, garnets, emeralds, diamonds were all used, um, left in their natural um, hectagonal formation with only a uh, hole drilled throughout so that the gem could be strong. So dangling gemstones, earrings that were hung from gold wires, pearl jewelry, and rings became popular at that time as well. And uh, the rings that were often that simple band were either had became um, a single stone or a coin on top they also like were beginning to like decorate them and with the other gemstones um as well so we see kind of like a an enriching of how jewelry is worn how it is handled um to be to be adorned by the romans so as romans jewelry was dispensed throughout the roman world it influenced many other cultures and as well as the Egyptian influence them. And then it kind of grew into being um, an influence over the Celtics, and then most of Northern European started to adapt that Roman jewelry making. So really they were on the ground level for being able to really start something with um, the jewelry and be able to, like, make it more accessible to people. And, And, you know, being able to have all these materials and the cultures start to like band together and, and have that same process and kind of cross market, um, really changed the game with the gemstones and the trading and the jewelry. And if we look at, you know, how 
these different societies have um, influenced our fashion today. Um, so, you know, the 20s um, had a bit of um, an Egyptian thing going on um, with the lines and the, just the fashion and the, the, de the designs. And, you know, different eras and different things have kind of like looked, we can look back and we can see the difference. But even if you look at some of the beginning um, of Tiffany's and Company, um, it started with glass and that had that... Um, the 20s look and that art deco look um and then it kind of evolved into what it is now with that, that simplistic blue box that everybody knows um but it came from something that was very ornate and connected into these different like roman um egyptian eras even if you look at back into like the fashion of the 70s of like uh how it was in not just like color wise but um endorment wise of like Native Americans in the Southwest and how those designs kind of impacted and what people were wearing and um, what they were wearing jewelry wise. And now you can even look and things are getting bigger again and they're more um, maybe floral or um, there's some kind of nods to that Egyptian um, Roman influence, but it's more of a contemporary. They are kind of these spread um, necklaces that are out there, but there also have some of that simplistic. So if you actually look at jewelry and you look at the progression and you um, kind of clue into like where we are fashion wise, you can see that these cultures really did influence things that we're still, you know, talking about and using now that is fashion forward and new is actually something that has been evolving and um, been influencing for so, so long. So, you know, it's interesting to look at how all these things tie together and to appreciate them. So, you know, again, a lot of our jewelry now the days has become more of that gym grade, um, more expensive. But these stones, um, no matter the gym quality, have the same metaphysical properties. We're still craving them. We still want them for a reason. And um, even if they're small, that small stone is energetically connected to all the other stones. So, you know, a small, beautiful um, tanzanite ring that costs hundreds and hundreds of dollars because it is such high um, gem grade can still hold the same metaphysical properties as a chunk of, like, raw, less um, gem quality uh, tanzanite. So they both have their purposes, and one it looks a little more refined than the other, but they, they fit the need still. So... Um, We've been bringing in a lot of jewelry. How I became um, involved with the different um, gemstones and the energetics came from jewelry. So now that we're opening the boutique, we really can bring in a lot more um, to be able to offer to people. It's more of a, an easier way to ease into things. Like it's uh, to walk up to a case and there could be 10 different um, pendants that are all grounding purposes that are mixed gemstones that um, have purpose of why they're mixed together. So then being able to walk up and to intuitively pick one or the other um, kind of makes it easier. It's like a choose your own adventure. It's not something like you have to go into a, um, more of a mineral store and look through the books and, and do all the research. Of course, we will have all that provided for you. But, you know, being able to just go shop, um, and say, okay, well, I want this size and this, you know, it just, it's more accessible. And then once you realize that you're grabbing the same pieces over and over, it makes it easier to really get to a groove of like, okay, well, I know that on the days that I am ungrounded, I go towards this pendant. So um, we really tried to hard to make sure to hand, hand pick pieces and to um, have them have purpose and be from clean sources. And I think right now we probably have um, maybe 250 pieces of really beautiful jewelry. Um, so stay tuned to social media and um, we'll keep you up to date on that. So um, that's kind of our show today. I hope that everybody is um, loving this um, fall winter start and that um, everybody is staying well with the change in the temperature. Um, you can always reach out to us through social media. 
uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Google Plus, uh, info at threepedalshealing.com. And um, through the website as well, we have a contact us page. So if you ever have questions or you see something that comes um, through on social media, um, our Three Petals Healing store is still up and up to date. Um, and then the Salem Boutique store, um, if it isn't already up, it will be up very soon. So um, stay tuned, and I hope that everybody has a beautiful rest of the week. Much love and light to you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Three Petals Healing. Lauren Dillon Merrill will return with another edition next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Enjoy the rest of your week. Visit our store at 3PetalsHealing.com for products featured on each week's radio show, as well as other items that we carry, such as tumbled stones, specialty crystals, assorted jewelry, chakra kits, grounding jars, and so much more. At 3Petals Healing Store, we handpick all of our crystals so you're assured the best quality. Visit 3PetalsHealing.com today and click on the online store. While on the site, take a look at some of the other services and features we offer. That's the number 3PetalsHealing.com. Lauren Dillon Merrill and 3Petals Healing offers unique esoteric healing sessions that can be booked and conducted by phone. Release stress and tension, remove energy blocks in your life, and grow spiritually, helping to detox energetically and achieve a more balanced flow of energy throughout your body. Also learn about crystals and other techniques that you can use every day to help with keeping optimal energetic balance in your body, mind, and spirit. Call 3Petals Healing at 425 425- 417-8771 or visit the number 3 pedalshealing.com Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thwavenetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 